Don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but show up ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. Hello, Carrie Poppy. Oh, hello. What are we talking about in this episode? Well, we're doing our follow-up on the Ethereans. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You all want to know what happened with us and the Ethereus Society. So for anyone who didn't listen to part one, first of all, you should. Yes, that would help. Because some of this will be kind of unclear without it. But also, for anyone who's like, no, 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 I refuse, I refuse, I'm starting with part two, what would be the brief overview of what the Ethereum Society is? Okay. The two sentences. I want two sentences, Ross. Mm. The Ethereum Society was begun in the 1950s by a man named George King, who was channeling ascended masters from other planets within our own solar system. He left many messages from those Ascended Masters, and those formed the basis of the Ethereum Society. Clap, 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 Thank you. Very impressive. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. So right now, we're recording this episode in July. Yes. But we went on a pilgrimage with the Ethereum Society in... Back in mid Back in May. And so what you're about to hear is some original audio that we took right after that when we were preparing for this episode. Right. But a couple months have passed since then and some things have transpired, including the Ethereans responding to our part one episode. Yes. So we're going to bring you back in time (laughs) so that you can hear us right after our pilgrimage and then we will be back for an update. Last time we talked to you about the Ethereum Society, we gave you a lot of uh, information about them, but we were about to go to the Holy Mountain with them. Yes. A Holy Mountain. A Holy Mountain. There's 19. Yes. Around the world. Around the world. But in the U.S., there's six? Something like that. I think there's this six This is the closest the Holy Mountain to Los Angeles. And it's quite close. It's Mount, Mount Baldy. Baldy. And it's like 80 minutes from us, something like that. Maybe yeah. 90 if you're driving slow. Sure. They go on these world peace pilgrimages, pilgrimages to Mount Baldy every year. Yeah, they do. This wasn't one of those. Yes, it was. But they had no. It wasn't right because yes, it was. No, no, it wasn't. Well, they'll do like these uh, peace pilgrimages where they. You're right. That's hard to say. (laughs) Where they invite people of other faiths. Of other faiths. But I think they only did that one time, and then they kind of stopped doing it. Yeah, I thought they were saying they did that every year. This is confusing. But listen, pretty sure they do it every year, and this was not that. Okay, well, they go on these pilgrimages, and the important thing is they go there to chant for world peace and pray. And especially to meditate on their 12 blessings, which are lessons given to us by the alien Jesus. (laughs) What's this? The alien Jesus what? And the cosmic Buddha. Right. And Krishna. All of these teachers were what? They were avatars of interplanetary messengers. Okay, so that's a fancy way of saying it. That'll make sense, right? They're aliens. Yeah, they're aliens. They're from other planets, but... But they they might be part of the Great White Brotherhood. Oh my goodness, we didn't mention the Great White Brotherhood. The GWB. Yeah, that's a great name to choose. Yeah, doesn't it just sound like you're part of the clan? Right, for your ascended masters, for them to be part of the Great White Brotherhood. Yeah. They mentioned this a few times. Those avatars, they often thank during these 12 blessings that we mentioned before because they lowered themselves, they sacrificed themselves and we're not really sure what the sacrifice was, but I guess to oh, associate I'm with... Oh, I'm very the... clear on what the sacrifice yeah, tell, was. Yeah, okay. tell me about this. Yes, so in the 12 blessings, one of the blessings is to the planetary ones. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones who have lowered themselves to come to Earth to be teachers. Right, they've put themselves on a lower vibrational frequency so we can see them. In the prayer to the planetary ones, or the blessing of the planetary ones, Mm -hmm. it says that they sacrifice their own security, their own happiness, even their own eternal salvation. Yeah. And so then I asked Peter, Uh why does it say that they sacrifice their eternal salvation? Because they don't believe in heaven or hell. They believe in reincarnation, but no, like, hell. Right, And eternal salvation, to me, immediately brings to mind hell or heaven. And Peter said, well, you know, they lower themselves and they could have been happy where they were, Hmm. but instead they're eternally sort of going through the... Karmic cycle. Yeah, and the challenges of being on this earthly plane. Right. They were going up to the mountain for this great 
peace mission. And and I still would fall for it each time when they talk about, you know, this great work they were going to do. I'd be like, oh, cool. What are we going to do? Are we signing petitions? Or mm-hmm. and No, it's to say these prayers. This is what's helping the world. Right. And and they'll talk about the hard work they do. I'm like, oh, oh, cool. What, what are we going to do? And I'll think about like uh, Habitat for Humanity or right. hoeing a garden or something like that. Feeding the poor. No, no. The, the hard work of saying these prayers for hours on end. And Felix actually said on this trip up to the mountain, he said that this is the most important work a human being can do, literally, is this trip going up the mountain to do the 12 blessings and bless the world, fix the ozone, bring world peace, all of it. So yeah, there's really nothing better you could do than to... This is it, you guys. You're welcome. So uh, what did we have to do? We had to get up bright and early in the morning and meet at the the church parking lot at 745. I was still in the midst of my oil pulling. So, you know, I was waking up extra early, swishing oil in my mouth, Mm -hmm. getting my hiking supplies all ready because we're about to go hike up this big mountain. And it's a big mountain. Yeah. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we all met there. I volunteered to drive because I had my brand new car with my brand new gas mileage. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to try this out. And so Carrie came along and Felix and his girlfriend. Katie. I'm pretty sure they're they're going out, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. I thought this will be like a, a really fun test of, you know, if you're riding with these people for a couple hours, mm-hmm. it seems, to get up there at least more than an hour. Is the conversation all about a theory of society mm-hmm. or can they just talk loosely about other things? Right. Well, that's interesting because in my mind, I was like, oh, good. I can ask them all my questions about the theory of society. <laughs> so we may have not gotten a clean yeah, analysis a there. Different agenda. Yeah. Well, for a while, we were talking about how Felix had spent time in my hometown, Santa Cruz. Right. So we were sharing stories about that. And then both he and Katie were giving their own kind of history of how they came to the Ethereum Society. So that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And what I found particularly fascinating, because I always want to hear how people find these things and get into them. Felix had been trying a lot of different uh, spiritual practices and going to different groups, but this one woman approached him at some kind of party, Mm -hmm. just said, you were looking for a master. And he was like, yep. Yeah. Exactly. I am. That's exactly right. And so she introduced him to this whole Ethereum society. And he said that at first he was like, whoa, what is this? This sounds crazy. Right. But he still, and then he he not only started kind of buying into it, but he said at some point he just realized he's been dabbling in so many different things. He just needs to pick a lane and go with it. Right. And it sounded almost like the person who gets married to someone that they're just sort of into and they're like, hey, I'm not getting any uh, younger. It's good analogy. I had, uh, I had to pick somebody, so I'm doing it. Katie had a very similar story where yeah. I think she was quite skeptical of all this and she was even transcribing tapes for the Ethereum society and listening to this going eh, what is this, this thing this is weird yeah and felix was saying but you stuck around mm-hmm. and she very non-committally said yeah i stuck around mm-hmm. <laughs> you could tell maybe she still wasn't completely simpatico oh but i think she is now don't is you she? think so okay oh, i think so not, something she said made me feel she was still a little oh, okay i didn't catch that she had originally studied comparative religion in college yeah because she grew up without religion and she was yeah. kind of curious about what this whole religion thing was, which I think is fascinating. Somebody grows up without religion and ends up in a tiny UFO religious group. Yeah. Crazy. The chances of that. And, yeah, and then she'd worked at a spiritual bookshop for many years. Right. And that's how she became exposed to it. Is there was mm-hmm. one guy in particular from the Ethereum Society who would come to give talks and do healings. Mm-hmm. And I guess she wanted to check that out. Mm-hmm. That people had kept raving about him. And so that's how she ended up with Ethereum yeah. We got to meet him later that day. That was the first time we'd seen him. Felix gave all kinds of great information on that ride. And so he spent the whole time talking about the whole reincarnation thing and how that works. You go through the cycle of life again and again until you get to that ascended state. And I thought it was hilarious because you asked him what he thought of groups like the Raelians. Yeah. Uh, well, first he said, wait, who is that? And then when he finally realized, he was like, oh, that. I've looked into a little bit. I mean, most of it's bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was saying, oh, you know, maybe he saw a demon or something right, on or, the mountain. Or maybe he made a connection. Who knows? But there there were some good observations, but it sounds like he's just in it for the sex. That's what he said. Right. So we got up to the top. Not of the mountain. No, mean. the top of the road. Right. We drove up to the mountain is how a normal person would have said that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is already very <laughs> steep and we'd gone up a long ways. Uh-huh. But then we were there for the ski lift. And so we spent, you know, 40 bucks on parking and ski lift tickets. Mm-hmm. Then ascended 
up yep. the, the mountain on ski lifts. And for those of you afraid of heights, this is one of those ski lifts that would make you very uncomfortable. For a while, we weren't able to like pull down the bar that yeah. sort of gives you protection. But neither of fine. us are particularly afraid of heights. I'm a little afraid of heights, but you're tilted back on your back. Uh, whereas okay. that you would be, for me, you'd be fearful if you were tilted forward in this scenario. Uh, but okay. anyway, yeah, know, it was fine. I know people who would not be able to get on that ski lift. Okay. Yeah, my mom would have fainted. My mom fainted on Dumbo at Disney World. Oh, no. Disney oh, no. Yeah. That brought us up to a lodge. Yes. And a bunch of people just stayed at the lodge. They didn't go up any further. Right. Early on when we were gathering at the Ethereum Society, they were asking me, you know, are you going to go to the tippy top and do the full hike or are you just going to do the kind of base And it camp was one? hot. When we were leaving LA, it was like 100. Yeah. But then they told us that it would be a bit cooler on the mountain. Mm-hmm. So I was willing to go once I heard that. I was worried about hiking in like 100 degree heat. Oh, yeah. I put on plenty of sunscreen. Me too. And still got sunburned. Oh, uh, you did. I was really surprised that I did not, which no. is rare. I bought my brand new sunscreen. That's good. Worked wonders. The lodge was just the starting point of the hike. And right. so we had an additional 2,000 feet of elevation to go. We started at 7,000 something mm-hmm. and ended up at 9,000 something. And Ross was the battery with us. <laughs> it was not. And that's what we thought this was all about. Yeah, we thought we- that you take up this battery that we've all prayed into for weeks that's storing all our prayer energy. You take <laughs> it up on the goddamn mountain. You push the energy into the earth. It seals up the hole in the ozone layer. It promotes world peace. It staves off climate change. That's the whole <laughs> point. Felix on the way up was saying, no, no, we haven't brought the ba- The battery hasn't been up on the mountain for like 40, 40 years. years. Which actually, now that you say that, sounds like she's been dead for 40 <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> what battery? Yeah, and, he and said that it was. they were too worried that the battery would get hurt. And, and Carrie's like, look, no, I saw it in a video. I saw it with mm-hmm, Peter. It mm-hmm. was on the mountain. Yeah, because I had seen the World Peace Pilgrimage DVD where they go up on the mountain. The battery's in clear sight behind them. I did not understand what was going on. And Felix was like, no, you must have seen something else. You must have seen something else. So A mystery that would be solved later that day. Yeah. So as we're hiking up, Carrie and I catch up to Peter, who is just like, with no problem, just jauntily, and he's telling the story of the founding of the Ethereum Society. You see, in 1955, and he's leading the pack. He's the oldest person there, I think. He's leading the pack. Yeah. And going the fastest. We both keep having to stop just periodically just to catch our breath and whatnot. Yeah, and, and he's, he's still just telling like, come story. on, everybody. Dip to dip today. What what would be the way to say it? Um, uh, shove off. Let's all <laughs> let's right. all get going. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be very abrupt. Like, all right, you're all um uh, being lazy. Uh, right. uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's having no problem with this. But we're like, this is exhausting. Uh, yeah, I consider myself in pretty good shape. But yeah, yeah this is a we tough both climb. Hike a fair amount. But and yeah, we would be in a little group that would quickly get ahead of everybody else. So right. we'd wait for them all to catch up. But we asked him, well, uh, you know, has the battery been up the mountain before because mm-hmm. we thought we saw you with it oh no not no. me that's no. weird no so this mystery and then he kept trying to convince me that it wasn't him in the dvd that it was someone else and i'm like peter <laughs> it was you i'm positive it was you maybe it wasn't the battery but it was you and he's like could it have been this other gentleman who also has gray hair <laughs> no, i know your face it was you we've been hanging out for months it was you but it was him. It wasn't the battery. There we I'll go. tell you what it was, Ross. Yeah, we got to the top and Carrie saw the item in question. I said, there it is. What I thought was a battery. And it turned out it was some seismic Geiger counter. Yeah, it was like a little uh, GPS station that they used to track in movements from earthquakes and right. slowly shifting mountains. Yes. But it looked exactly like the Ethereum Society battery. It's on a little tripod. It was on a tripod. It's the same height. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we'd gotten up to not the tippy top of the mountain. You could see a higher peak somewhere. But this was the particular place that Sir George King or George King or Dr. George King had identified as a particular energy spot that had been infused with this energy. So mm-hmm. we're on the normal path everybody else was. And then all of a sudden, 
Peter and the others start climbing up this rocky hill. Of yeah, sharp crap. rocks, which is really <laughs> annoying because you're trying to walk up there and your your heels just keep sliding down. Uh-huh. There's, there's no, no path. Yeah, it's just that. a bunch of sharp rocks. And it's the sun's beating down on you. There's no trees in this particular part. So it just feels like you're wandering through the desert in a movie. Like soon you're going <laughs> to think you see water and you don't. And it's quite beautiful. Yeah, so it's feeling a little Lawrence of Arabia minus mm-hmm. some sand dunes. Oh, at this point, you and I were just a few hundred feet away from each other. You were Mm -hmm. talking to someone else, and I was talking to... I found someone interesting to talk to. Yeah, well, me too, okay? I was talking to Maxwell, and he was a very nice gentleman who was there with his brother, but Maxwell was learning how to channel. So he was really interested in the Ethereum Society because George King was such a good channeler. Mm -hmm. And he had been studying on his own, reading some books, trying to figure out how to to channel spirits and to channel otherworldly beings hmm. to get messages. So, and he was this really sweet guy. I really liked talking to him. And he kept asking me questions as if I were like, you know, an expert. And I was like, well, I've only been going here a few months. I don't really know. But but everything I said, he would just take as like gospel. Oh, that's so wise, Carrie. That's oh, so wise. Yeah, <laughs> Really sweet gentlemen. So yeah, we get to the top, we see the little tripod thing, there's a flat area, but they tell us, oh, George King marked this special energy area, it's right up there. And so we each kind of took turns sort of clambering up to this other area with rocks, and on one of the rocks in really large, big fat white chalk or something, he'd written G-K, or I guess it would be paint, and then a cross. I'm not sure what the cross was I didn't see this at all. You didn't? Yeah, and it was weird that that is, you know, where the founder wrote his initials, and this was the energy spot, but we never went up there as a group. Yeah, they didn't say anything to me. I must have missed that entirely. (laughs) We stayed down on the flat area. Yeah, it was strange that they just kind of underplayed that. And so they said, okay, now we're ready. Everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Let's all put our water bottles in the center of a circle. What? Did they say that? Well, they said that, that it helped if you put water in the center, so a bunch of people came and put their water bottles in oh, the center. Oh, I missed that completely. Oh, that's why there were like five or six water bottles sitting there. Oh, totally. Yeah, didn't... see, there, were, there must have been some communication that was sort of dispersed. Yeah, here. okay. But... I'm glad we collectively got the pieces of it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, we formed a circle. Around water bottles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Mm-hmm. A beautiful spot where you could see the Mojave Desert on the north side, and then on the other side you could see Los Angeles and all that. So it was beautiful view. Mm-hmm. So we start saying the 12, 12 blessings. blessings They've given give- to us by the Master Jesus. And I think I will give you a couple right now. Yeah, they gave us handouts that we could use to read along with. Uh, we're trying to read along with those, but not look too much like we're reading from them, because you're supposed to also be keeping your hands up, palms facing forward at all times. Right, so the energy can flow through you. So it's kind of hard to read while you've got your palms face forward because you need your hands to hold the paper. Well, first you illustrate the violet flame going up through your body, right? That's really important. Of course. And the start golden with that. light coming down from heaven along with the white light. And you thank the earth who is a living organism for sending that uh, violet light. I think I said purple in the last episode. They mm, always say violet. Violet, yes. Which is technically different. All right. Blessed are they who heal. This is from the Master Jesus. Blessed are the ones who lay their hands upon the fevered brow of their brothers, knowing that their request will be answered, knowing that great power will flow through them like water through a river course. I am Jesus, who stepped upon this world to bring the way to God through love and service. So endeth the sixth blessing. And we'd already heard the 12 blessings. I had twice, a thousand times. twice already. And I now, like to think a thousand times. Okay. And yeah. now we're doing this on the mountains. And Ross, it's so that. That's the phrase that I was telling you they always pause after. Oh. It's so that. They may heal. I wish I had picked up on that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't. I would jump too far ahead. Uh, Yeah, so you. Yeah, when people were reading out of the little sheets, the guy next to me had it memorized, but had memorized it like in quick speech. Mm. So he kept just being like, so that they might go up the mountain. But he'd be jumping ahead of these dramatic pauses. Uh It was very annoying. I was like, have you never been to the Ethereum Society? We pause. We pause a lot. Uh Yeah, there's 
this other guy, Greg, who I can only guess had been with the Ethereum Society from childhood because he's mm-hmm. he said he's been doing it for 40 years. 40 years, he looks 39. Right, exactly. Yeah, that was weird. He was reading it next to me and had this incredibly dramatic delivery. Mm-hmm. And you could tell he was putting in his own little inflections. And also he would do this thing with his hands. Like most of us just had our hands, palms out. Mm-hmm. But he would kind of fold the hand inward hot dog style. Uh-huh. You would normally bend your fingers down, but he was bending the edges of the palms inward. Uh-huh. And he would also be kind of moving the hands and undulating them. And mm-hmm. it was all very mystic and, yeah. you know, he was going for I, creepiness value. I, I was really getting into it by the second, or no, actually the end of the first time we did it because hmm. Peter let us know that we would be doing this a few times. Oh, did so, he? Mm-hmm. I wasn't warned. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, we got totally different information. Yeah, boy. We should have just been one person and then we would have gotten everything. So I knew it was going to happen a few times and I know that I find the 12 blessings a little droll. So I was yes. like, okay, okay, get into this. Yes. So I started thinking about it as a performance. I was like, I'm auditioning for the mm. role of girl who's really into the Ethereum society. Nice. So I was like really dramatically giving my <laughs> reading and I started swaying back and forth <laughs> with my hands, but yeah, I guess you didn't could, notice. No, I didn't. I, I could tell there are some people who really just dig, you know, getting into the theatricality oh, yeah. of it. I was just wishing like, oh, can't we read like the nine freedoms or something like that? Yeah. There's the, Anything else? Which we hadn't heard of really until our drive up. Felix. Well, we had heard of it, but it had never really been gone over. Yeah, we didn't know what it was about. Yeah, Felix had given us some detail. That was another one of the major channeling uh, messages that George King had gotten. The nine freedoms were about the different levels that you attain as you work your way up to ascended master. Mm-hmm. After we had finished the twelve blessings, which takes the a first while, time. then he said, "Okay, let's take a, a quick break." This being Peter, and uh, then let's get back together and we'll do another session. Yeah. No. Oh, I already no. knew. I knew that was coming. You can't do that to me again. <laughs> so like we get like a two minute break and then we gather back we in the circle. We all eat a little bread. We've all brought like little morsels of food. Yeah, except for a couple guys like, yeah. oh, we didn't plan. We didn't yeah, bring sunscreen or water. Maxwell and his brother. Yeah. So we, we gave them our, our extra provisions. Yeah. And then we get right back into this. Mm-hmm. Another 12 blessings. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. I was into it by then. Were Maybe you? I was just like kind of getting loopy. But I was like, yeah, this is the best man. We're up in the... Okay, and the whole time as we're standing in the circle, gorgeous view everywhere, mm-hmm. though we've got our eyes closed. Burning uh, heat. Burning heat and biting bugs. You know, I didn't get bitten. Aren't you special? Yeah. Aren't you special? Well, the rest of us were. Yeah. And so I would feel these bugs, you know, kind of burrowing on my leg, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm holding up my palms and trying to follow along. Right. And then I would feel that little bite and be like, mm. yeah. And so every now and then you'd see someone kind of leaning down to sort of flick these bugs away. I'm lucky I have a protective pelt of fur. Like on my arms, I would see the bugs caught in the hairs on my arm. Yeah, you're but, like a spider web. Uh, but eventually, they would get down to the flesh and they'd bite me at least three times. I, don't I was think bitten. I got bitten, but I got severely sunburned, even though I reapplied five times, Ross. What was it, SPF 30? Yeah. It's not enough, I apparently. Guess it wasn't. I had 50. Well, good job. Now we're going to get emails about whether SPF is a real thing. We know it's under debate, but listen, you still got to do your best, okay? That's another episode, okay. another conversation. <laughs> yeah, so after we'd done this a second time, they're like, let's mix it up. Let's, uh, let's get back in a circle and do the 12 blessings, but we're going to sit down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like supposed to be a relief. They're like, don't worry. This time we'll sit down on these sharp rocks. And I said, because I I was wearing like leggings. A lot of people were wearing cargo pants and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. I was wearing pretty thin leggings. And I was like, oh, I I think that's actually going to hurt. And so Peter said, well, you can sit on my on my shirt. Uh-huh. Not he didn't he didn't then dramatically take his shirt off, but he got like his flannel or whatever out of his backpack, and I sat on that, which helped a little, but it was still painful, right? That's nice. Oh yeah. Well, before we started that one too, we had like our longer food break, right? And Glenn, we haven't mentioned him yet, right? Was sitting behind me, and all of a sudden I hear this. Uh, when we get. Tibetan singing bowl. Yeah, behind me, unsolicited. Oh no, you missed it. You missed everything. So he did have a conversation did with he? Peter <laughs> about about playing. It. Oh, all I know is right behind my head, and all of a sudden, this like <laughs> loud 
peal of noise breaks uh, out. And I'm just thinking, yeah, you think you'd ask first. Like oh, he people did. in here. He did. Okay, uh, good yeah. good for him. Okay. So anyone who doesn't know the singing bowls are this this bowl that has a little instrument, a little stick. And that some you- sort of a ceramic, porcelain. What is that? It's, it's some kind of stone. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, you'd kind of tap it and then you start y- going using around this the edge. It's the same bell. idea as like if you play glasses, right? right. Yeah. Same yeah. idea, but and just a deeper. This loud sound. ringing noise. So he did that for quite a while. And then there was this pause. And then people started kind of like, oh, thank you. That was really nice. Uh-huh. Like, okay. All right. Everybody was fine with it. Uh-huh. All right. I'm glad he asked in advance. And then he also had these little tuning forks that right. he brought along. And quickly we were finding out that he was kind of really into this whole alien thing. Right. Which I thought was funny because he was even more into it than the Aetherius Society people were. Mm-hmm. So as we were coming up, he was talking about the great work being done by Stephen Greer. And he's this guy who runs this thing called the Disclosure Project. And he tries to get, you know, ex military pilots to go on the record for saying they saw these ufos and then Mm. he'll quote uh, military people and he's name dropping constantly but then when you go and talk to them they'll be like uh no i never i was just being nice once i talked to this guy and now he's saying i said all these things oh hardcore yeah and so anyway so he was quoting this and you could just tell he was into all these extra things that the ethereum society wasn't ready to endorse Mm -hmm. so it's funny watching them kind of like sort of distance themselves from glenn's statements i think glenn was into a lot of stuff yeah i mean he had his tuning forks and he would you know you bang a tuning fork on like your knee or whatever and it vibrates a pure note and he would say you have to hold it up to someone's ear but I was like for what what do you mean like what does that mean you have to do that and again and again <laughs> it would be like unsolicited so he'd like bang them against his knees and then they're next to my ears You're yeah like, he'd just oh, hold okay. it next to you as if he were electrocuting you or something and it's a cool sound but again it's just like mm. yeah it's just pure notes and then the uh some of the other guys started like banging them together and i was like oh don't do that with a tuning fork the whole point is it doesn't touch other metal right. that's how it keeps its tone and they were right. like oh <laughs> oh did i just throw off the universe glenn turned to me after one of the 12 blessing readings and he said give me a hug <laughs> give his hug you know, oh okay that's yeah nice. he kept saying how glad he was to be there with everybody you kind of got the feeling he didn't have like a ton of friends and right this was his way to to get some socialization so just cool i hugged him no fewer than three times Good. <laughs> during the hike and you guys are engaged now uh, yeah i yeah, think so it's great uh, at least in some culture also he he did uh during the hike mention wouldn't it be great if this mountain were actually an alien base wouldn't and, it be great and if at the right frequency like it would open up and it's like what, what do you say to that normally right. that's something like a you know four-year-old would say they're like oh that's interesting yeah uh-huh. what if but <laughs> when a grown man is saying like i don't know what to say to you uh-huh. yeah wouldn't it be great is is a little weird for that if he had said he actually believes that i'd be pretty interested but like <laughs> wouldn't it be great if it's yeah it like, was a what oh, if situation well, well, wouldn't it be great if my feet were made of aliens that'd be great but so then we did we did the 12 blessings seated and then we did them one more time so time four my leg went numb seated by the way yeah it hurt yeah that was painful but the fourth time we did the 12 blessings (sighs) with mantras so there was a group of people who were standing in a crescent looking down into the valley off the mountain and they were giving the 12 blessings they were kind of seasoned members of the Ethereum society they know the 12 blessings by heart and they were giving them and then and the rest of us were in an arrow behind them kind of pointing at them and you were the tip of the arrow i yeah i was the top right behind the experts i was the front of that triangle and this was cool yeah this actually i was like all right this is pretty awesome mm-hmm. like the, the harmonies we created with that mm-hmm. so yeah you've got that crescent and the bowl of it the cup the face is pointed north and yeah and then we're behind and so we're doing the Om Mani Padme Hum, 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 Om Mani Padme Hum. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. Yeah, it gets higher and faster. Oh, by the way, I have to mention earlier when we were talking about the the pronunciation of this, and many people would say Padme instead of Padme, which is George King's preferred one. I immediately thought of, and I'm sure many of our listeners did, Padme Amidala. From Star Wars. Oh, okay. Natalie Portman's character. I think character. of Pad CU. So the uh, Thai dish. Okay. Other uh, many of our listeners were thinking of Natalie Portman. Probably. Just wanted to acknowledge. Cool, that. cool. I liked Black Swan. Moving on. 
here's the great part. It turns out the world is round and we know it because as we were shooting the 12 blessings, we were like basically the the bow and they're the arrow, so to speak. There so we're go. like, we're pushing their energy forward. And they were encouraging us to envision the streak of energy shooting out. And right. it, it was a cool visual too. Sure. It's this beautiful vista. And, uh, yeah. yeah. All that energy goes around the world. And what does it do? It comes around and hits you in the back. So Peter was standing in the back and he could feel our Achaka. energy go all the way around the world and hit him in the back. It, so he was saying, this shows that the world is round. We've proved that the world is round. And so then and I then said- And then Ross says- And it also shows that the energy responds to gravity. And everyone's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> no, he's, he sat there and he kind of like looked up at the sky for a second like, oh, yeah. Mm, I wouldn't say it was that it, thoughtful. I think he was like, all right, annoying guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how I meant it, but I thought he felt it was profound. That's what I'm going to take to my grave. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Yeah. You but it w- the sounds we were producing were pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, Peter was congratulating us all like, I'm impressed that we were able to keep it up that long. Yeah. That's hard work. Yeah. We were doing good work for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're welcome. Because right now, the whole continent of North America would be underwater if it weren't for us because of global warming. But we fixed it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. So then... We all stood in a circle and we did a prayer healing Yes, for anyone who needed physical or emotional healing. But it seemed especially physical. Peter read a long prepared list, but Mm -hmm. then he allowed us to go around in the circle. And one by one, we were supposed to say a name we would shout out. So you said... And uh, up to three. Mm -hmm. So I chose uh, my doggie, Ella Poppy, Mm -hmm. and my mom, who has uh, chronic back problems. Also, so does Ella Poppy, actually. Hmm. And uh, Sarah Moglia, a friend of mine who has Crohn's disease and has been fighting it for a long time and has had to go through various uh, special treatments to try to get that taken care of and is still fighting it. So I thought she'd love this. I called out Lawrence Carter Long. Oh, who we'll we'll hear from on a later episode, but But, we can't tell you too much. But he's got cerebral palsy and uh, is a disabled rights activist, so he would love the shout out. And he was was willing, you know, to be uh, a test subject for our various healing energies. Right. And then I called out John, a guy from work. He and I were both having shoulder injuries at the moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we'd been exercising too much. Mm -hmm. And then also my cousin, who believes in all kinds of conspiracy theories, and I figured you know maybe she could use some some mental healing okay great um (laughs) oh and i love that glenn standing next to me when he gets his first attempt to to name one person he names like three people and starts talking about how he loves all of us right yeah (laughs) you missed the point after we did the the healing prayer we were all supposed to say if we had anything to add. And again, he was like, I just want to thank you all for letting me be here. I just love you all so much. It was so great. After everyone else had said these very specific things about thanking the planetary ones. Right. <laughs> and uh, Peter was like, yeah, okay, thanks. That's nice. All right, thanks. we're great. done. Cool. So yeah, that was Amen. about it. Then we'd done our difficult spiritual work. And I got to hand it to him. That was pretty difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking like, okay, I think we're done now. We can go back down the mountain. Oh, but before we went down the mountain, we participated in their video. Yeah, that's right. He wanted to get some kind of exit interviews with people. People who had never been there. Yeah, talking about there. Yeah, and that kept happening throughout. There was still all the awkward, you know, oh, who knows the mantra? Who can say this? Who can do that? Who's more experienced? So they had asked, you know, who's here for the first time? I said, oh, well, this is like my, you know, fourth or fifth meeting. Like, But this is your first time on the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all I wanted to know. (laughs) Exactly. Still that awkwardness pervading the entire meeting. So then we started walking down the mountain, and I was largely walking with Peter, and uh, oh man, Ross, we had gotten so far in this without being asked what we do for a living. Yeah. And as we're walking down, he says, uh, so Carrie, what what is it you do? Well, I'd already mentioned long ago that I was in animation. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't think they knew what you did. Yeah, I hadn't been asked, and more and more my time is taken up with journalism, so... Mm -hmm. That feels like the honest answer. And so I was like, "Uh, well, okay, I uh, I do comedy. And I also um, write a column and, uh, you know, I just do various things. (laughs) Notice how Carrie quickly glossed over the column. Right. And then uh, he's like, oh, wait, what do you write a column about? (laughs) Oh, um, 
what should I go look up online right away? Right. And so I have like a few different ways of describing what I write about. One is to say that it's like kind of science-y. One is to say it's sort of spiritual anthropology. But like... Which one did you tell him? I decided science was my best shot. I thought if I said spiritual anthropology, he'd be like, well, is that why you're here? Yeah, right. So I just said, oh, it's kind of science-y. And he was like, oh, well, what kind of science? (laughs) Oh, you know, like testing different... um, different things that like may or may not have support behind them sometimes they do sometimes they don't you know anyway god this was a long hike (laughs) so he's like nailing me down and i keep telling him like i keep getting more and more specific about what it is i Uh i write about and he starts to catch on that this is like not this is analytical like i am taking each claim and deciding whether it's true for me right making it abundantly clear that that is why you were there I mean, I don't know if it was clear or not, but I think he was starting to suspect like, well, wait, wouldn't this be the kind of thing you'd cover then? Mm -hmm. So then he started telling me about how he had been scheduled to be in a TEDx talk, but he had been taken out of it because his talk wasn't scientific enough. Which we'd all heard about. This was a big to-do. There was going to be a local TEDx conference, which is an offshoot of the main TED conferences, but this one was going to cover a lot of alternative mm-hmm. you know, spirituality and that kind of stuff. And so Ted had yanked its support of it. And so they were out thousands of dollars yeah. and had to kind of arrange their own, not a TED conference, or he called it ex-TEDx. Right. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> he told us we could find it on Vimeo, him giving the talk. And yeah. he really has like a chip on his shoulder about science, it turns out. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, scientific materialists, right. I think he used as a term. And I think that he and I were sort of able to meet halfway on it i was i was saying a lot of those people i don't agree with either i don't agree with the approach of some of those people Hmm. Uh, obviously i i agree with the methods of science so Mm -hmm. there was only so much i could say so there was some silence as we walked downhill Uh and then fortunately maxwell caught up with us and i had at some point said something about a sandwich i'd eaten or something and he was like did you say you're vegan and i said yes hello how are you (laughs) so new conversation we start yeah we started talking about how he's trying to go vegan and i just veered off with maxwell and on we went talking about you know beans there you go it was great oh man until we got in the car yeah so we'd finished we got in the lodge we eaten fries and we were back in the car we're heading down the mountain so then felix is uh, looking for conversation topics and he starts asking hey gary what do you do for a living <laughs> i know and i had already told you this story i know and and we had on been the like, ski lift back down yeah and we'd been like god why didn't i just say i was gonna be i'm, I'm starting grad school soon why didn't i just say i'm gonna be a grad student so That's, you did that this time yeah so this time he's like oh what, gary, for? what do you do and i said oh actually i'm starting grad school uh-huh. in a couple of months yes and then he's like oh for what <laughs> journalism oh well, of, that's cool. What, what kind of stuff, stuff you gonna write about? about? <laughs> Motherfuck! <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Yeah, and I tried so hard. You saw. Yes, I was like, she was trying to get out of it, and I was thinking, like, how can I interject, change the subject? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Gary, I got nothing. Weaseling so hard for several minutes, and then finally, I'm like, yeah, it's like science uh, to test things, blah blah blah, <laughs> and then. uh he was he was like, oh, science. Okay. Science. Interesting. Mm. And then Katie said, uh, wow, so if you look at studies, you're really just looking at whether like Western medicine approves of these things that are thousands of years old in other societies that they know works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Awkward. But I told her that that's not the case, that there are plenty of research institutions in the Eastern world and you know, the Western world doesn't have a stronghold on real medicine. Yeah, right. So I don't know, Ross. That might be the end of our journey with the Ethereum Society. Yeah, maybe. It's just sad, actually, because we were both both kind of like to just keep going. Yeah. And being part of the group, because we really like the people. Yeah, me too. If I were a listener, I might be tempted right now to go defecate or something. Oh, or mixturate. Or mixturate. Isn't that, oh, is that peeing? Yeah. Okay. Might be tempted to go do those things thinking, oh, there's going to be a break. But no, no, no. It's not a long break. It's a quick break and we'll be back. I was thinking this might be a good time for us to hear about some other shows on the Maximum Fun Network. (gasps) The Maximum Fun Network. Because if anything, the Maximum Fun Network is a great arbiter of taste and culture. Comedy and culture. Hi, my name is Rishikesh Hirway and I have a podcast called Song Explorer. In each episode, a musician takes apart one of their songs and piece by piece tells you the story of how it was made. 
you get an inside look into the creative and technical process and a unique view of a song by hearing just the drums or just the guitars or say just a Wurlitzer piano. If you're a fan of music, if you make music, or if you just like to learn how things are made, come check it out on MaximumFun.org. Thanks. So we released the previous episode, part one of the Ethereum Society investigation, on the 1st of July. Yes. And within 12 hours of having released that episode onto the internet. We got a very sad email. We did. Uh, Made us sad. Yeah. So it was an email from Felix, which is not his real name. But we may learn his real name later, or our listeners may. We know what it is. He he wrote, and uh, he had listened to the show, and Ross, I wouldn't say he liked it. No, that would not be my characterization of his email either. Yeah. He was rather disappointed. Yeah. And uh, he was still very civil in his email, uh, but he was just saying he felt incredibly let down by us, uh, that, you know, we were insincere. You know, in our attendance of the meetings and just that we would turn around and make fun of his beliefs. Yeah. It was very hurtful. And I'll confess, maybe I read into that email, but I thought his complaint was just that we hadn't told them we were reporters, journalists, whatever you want to say, that we have this show, which has been, a you know, a concern for people before. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, he's just mad that we were undercover. Yeah. So then we said, well... Kind of what would you have had us do? If we had told you that we were going to do this show about you, you would have treated us very differently. You would have treated right. us the same way you would have treated the New York Times if they came in. Yeah. Um, but we wanted this sort of insight. We wanted account. to feel what it is like to just be a new person joining the group. Yeah. That's what we report on. And he said, no, no, that's not really my complaint. It's uh, it's fine that you guys were undercover. It's just that like we became friends. And th- then I hear you sort of laughing, mm-hmm. talking about my beliefs, and that was really hurtful. Sure. How did you feel reading that? Yeah, no, that, that was the gist of it. And, uh, you know, I felt bad. I felt really bad uh, because we don't make our show for the people within these groups, and we don't go there to talk them out of anything. And I like to think we go there with an open mind, you know, and that we could be convinced if if the claims convinced us. Yeah. Uh, the only way to find out is to go and try it out. And uh, we walk a tricky line and, uh, you know, not always sure how I even feel about it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was legitimate that, you know, we'd befriended them. And we responded trying to let them know, hey, we really do respect you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like them. And, and I say you guys because also uh, Peter wrote us as well. Yeah. Um, and his, his email was even more biting in its yeah. tone. And he was just really upset with the way we'd phrase things. And, you know, he, he used some pretty definite terms to describe kind of our intent mm-hmm. that I didn't feel really uh, fit us. Yeah, I know they use the word jeering. Mm-hmm. I think that they really saw it as like us going in wanting to mock them. And I mean, maybe this is just something in our personalities, but I feel like you and I, when we encounter something that's just like absurd to us, just unusual and fun to us, like right. our, our inclination is just to laugh. Right. You know, and we just like, we, we just find that experience joyful to be put in. Yeah, yeah. Position. And we'll also be laughing at our own awkwardness mm-hmm. and, Boiled. you know, yeah, yeah, just the, how we fit in within the situation. So we were trying to describe that a bit. And, and I think both of them kind of responded to that and said, okay, well, we like your tone in these emails, not so much in mm-hmm. your show. Uh, but we offered to them as we have in the past with a couple other groups that have been upset, you know, with how we've reported. We've said, well, would you like to come on the show and kind of share your side? To our delight, they agreed. Yeah. So we, we are looking forward to this. We're actually going to record an interview episode. I'm really happy that they're willing to come on. They want to clear the air. They feel we made uh, factual They feel we made errors. Yeah, several factual errors, which I, some of them I think might have been just because we weren't there long enough to sort of assimilate sure. some of this information. But we're very happy to correct it. Absolutely. And also they wanted to use this platform to talk about how they felt about mm-hmm. our interaction with them and how we treated the situation. So uh, this will be really interesting insight into yeah. how members of these groups feel when we do this sort of thing. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too, but I'm also scared. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Not 
not physically scared. No, no, no. These are very nice people. I have no doubt that they'll be as yeah, civil yeah. as possible. But Incredibly uh, peaceful people. That's not the concern. But yeah, I hope that we get to learn from this and maybe we'll take something to future investigations. Absolutely. And, and you'll get to meet them. And they're both great guys that I really like. So yeah. in the meantime, yes, Ross. let's talk about... Ross, is it? Oh, who, me? Yes, you. Oh, y- oh sorry. Did I confuse you? Or uh, No, I'm sorry. Yes, the, the, I'm Ross. What were we doing? <laughs> We were going to uh, give our ratings of the Ethereum Society. Yes. Okay. So, Ross. Yes. Ross. That's me. Looking back on your time at the Ethereum Society. Yes. The whole of the experience. Okay. What would you give it on a pseudoscience rating? Where one is something that's very scientific, so Mm -hmm. not at all pseudoscientific. Yes. So, I don't know. What would a one be? Um, It would... Almost uh, irrefutable, but not irrefutable because it's science. Sure, sure. But, you know, about as confident as you can be. Yeah. Uh, Well, maybe like uh, the... The The theory of, um, you know, biological evolution by natural selection? Yes. The theory of evolution. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's that's a a one. one. And then a 10 is something that's just like outlandishly not backed by evidence at all. It's just someone randomly saying something because they feel like it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Your your whole body is made of goat sperm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's a 10. Uh, I like it. Uh, Okay, so on that scale... Oh, geez. I've got to give this a 9.5. Yeah. I think this is way up top. <laughs> Great people. Very sweet. Um, beliefs, though, I, I think are not backed up by uh-huh. our understanding of the universe, of uh, the solar system, of what batteries are and can store. Uh, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's way up high there. Yeah. Much like Mount Baldy. And I would say there's also kind of an attitude that science is haughty and mm. mean and exclusionary. Mm-hmm. And so there was also a lot of, I think, anti-scientific sentiment. Yes, yeah, science is true. somehow out to get them and make them feel excluded and left out. Which uh, gets confusing when you start talking about UFOs and things, which would take very elaborate science to exist. Which is interesting because, you know, science leads us to believe there's a very, very, very good chance there's a whole lot of life out there. Yeah, isn't that funny? You think of, or at least I did many years ago, I thought, oh, believing in extraterrestrials is like, that's the fringe belief, but right. the real, the people who believe in science, like, they know we're the only people here. Right. Now that sounds completely silly. It's hard to, yeah, it's, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to separate the idea of life on other planets outside our solar system mm-hmm. with the whole cultural uh, synthesis of UFOs visiting and anal probing. Yeah, there's a big difference between other intelligent beings existing somewhere and them existing and coming here. Right. Yeah. And crashing in our atmosphere. Right. How about you? Or into our anosphere. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So what would you give the Ethereum Society on a pseudoscience rating? You have persuaded me to move it up a bit. I would have given it a little less. The reason that I would is just because I do tend to give my higher pseudoscience ratings to things that are actually really positioning themselves as scientific, like homeopathy. Gotcha. Okay. Um, That's true. That's just more like trying to convince you it is science when it doesn't seem to be. Right. We use the term pseudoscience, which really does mean that. Yes, 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 exactly. Pseudo meaning like pretense. Yes. But I see what you're saying. They are sort of using the terms of science while poo-pooing science at the same time. So now I'm convinced to bring it to what I might have before said was more of a six. I'm going to move it on up to an eight. Hey, welcome to the top. (laughs) Thanks, Ross. What then on a danger rating would you give the Ethereum Society where one is something not very dangerous at all, like uh, going to get a haircut, you know, from a reputable establishment that is known for cutting hair. And 10 is... Let me grab this lawnmower uh-huh. and uh, hold it over my head and just kind of shake it around sort of in like a, you Not know. Not a good call, like, Ross. <laughs> okay, that's a 10. Okay, that's a 10. I'm going to give it a four. I think it does register because they do these spiritual healings that involve nothing but the touching of hands. Mm. Those and are every Tuesday night. Do you think they would do that to the exclusion of uh, seeing a doctor? I Well, I'm not really sure. And we were never able to get into one, mm-hmm. mostly because of the timing. But I did talk to Peter about it once and I asked him if they could cure things like cancer. Yes. 
And he gave me a pretty roundabout answer saying, yes, it's possible. Sometimes it doesn't work for that. Mm -hmm. So that does, that seems to leave a little opening for scientific medicine there. Okay. Uh, But then he also said, you may have to reframe for yourself what healing looks like. Like some people might feel like they might still die of their illness, but feel healed of their illness in another sense. Okay. Um, So yeah, it Mm. just seemed a little wishy-washy but the reason i wouldn't put that super high is because i think you could go to the ethereum society for a couple of years without even realizing they did that it is not central to what they do sure yeah that's fair i would give it a low danger rating i'll Mm -hmm. say two okay but you you convince me at least uh from that aspect from the medical aspect i'm sure they wouldn't frown upon people going to receive medical treatment doesn't seem to uh just in terms of the community itself even though there's these you know strange practices i don't see anything as being dirty or dark or mysterious about how they act amongst themselves i Mm -hmm. i wouldn't suspect them to be at all uh, nefarious or dangerous in the the traditional sense yeah and i felt very safe with them i remember thinking you know while going to the meetings like oh you know if these guys ruled the world it wouldn't be such a bad place Mm -hmm. so ross Mm mm-hmm what would you give this on a creepiness scale? Oh, no. Where <laughs> one is something not at all creepy, right? No, no. No, not at all creepy. Like, But you, don't, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> like you go to Target. Okay. You have a houseplant at home, mm-hmm. and the houseplant's root structure is not looking so good, so you go, you want to replant it. Yeah, kind of like the houseplant <laughs> sitting behind you. That is at, mine. Uh-huh, I see this houseplant. <laughs> Dying houseplant. I, I know she's talking about you, mm-hmm. houseplant. So you go to Target, and you say, excuse me, sir, I'm Ross. Maybe you recognize my voice. Do you have some potting soil? And he says, oh, I, I actually, I thought I recognized your voice, but now I don't think so since you're Cockney. But um, <laughs> I... Yes, we do have potting soil. It is over there. Nice to meet you. You shake hands. You give a little curtsy. You go and buy potting soil. Okay, that didn't seem creepy at all, actually. That was one. And then a 10 is you wake up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., and it's weird that you've woken up because you just, like, your eyes pop open. You're wide, wide awake, even though it's 3 a.m., but your body's telling you, like, no, it's time to get up at 7. You're like, what? What was that? That's odd. And you step out of bed. And your wife, Kara, is laying there like a little angel. And you think, well, I'm not going to wake her. And so you tiptoe out of bed and you stand up and you turn around to gaze at her and you see your own dead body in the bed next to her. No. Covered in its own excrement and blood. No. And then, and you call out to her, you say, Kara, Kara. No answer. And so then against your own good sense, you say, Ross, and your dead body rises, oh my God. <laughs> sits on the edge of the bed and says, yes, Ross, I am you in 50 years. And then you snap back into the body and you wake up normally. Oh, my goodness. Do I still have That's excrement on me? Yeah, why not? Oh, <laughs> so creepy. But no blood. All right. Blood's dried up. Thank goodness for small things in life. (laughs) That's that's a 10. Okay. I mean, that would be a 10, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. You know what? I'm going to give them a, they they certainly register on the creepy scale. I think we'd mentioned earlier, like when you picture a cult, like from a TV show. Mm -hmm. That's not unlike this. Yeah. You know, a lot brighter Mm -hmm. and happier. Mm -hmm. So for the bright colors, they lose points. <laughs> and also not the kind of cult that like Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. Oh was. my goodness. Not that kind. Yeah, yeah. So this can only be This uh, is the drawing of a cult. Half as creepy. Yeah. Uh I'll say four. Okay. I'll say four. Because it registers, you know, the chanting mm-hmm. and just, you know, this whole idea of channeling. Yeah. Yeah, all of that is kind of creepy if true. Well, fascinating if true, but you know, the imagery of it is creepy. Yeah. Uh so yeah. That. That's it. I'm sticking to it. Uh, yeah, I would give it a little higher. I think I'd say a good six. Okay. I, I think because if you go to one of those meetings and you don't know what's going on, mm. if you went to one of the ones where they are chanting and standing in rows and holding up their hands oh, and yeah. saying, uh, blessed are the, you know, blessed. that I think would creep a person out. Yeah, the the modulation of the voice, the the tremulous uh, mm-hmm. quavering of the voices is definitely creepy. And the robes and everything. Yeah, and the robes as brightly colored as they may be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, what then, Carrie, would you give this on a pocket drainer value where one is something 
uh, not pocket draining at all. Like, uh, you know, friend buys you lunch. That was nice. Well, you just did that for me the other day because it was my birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Uh, And then 10 is uh, something incredibly pocket draining. Like, let's say it's your birthday. And Uh you're like, everybody, come join me. We're all going to eat. We have a great time. We're at, you know, like like a game place or something like that. And then at the end of the night, like everybody just gets together and they run off. And then the people come to you and they're like, uh, you see, that was $522.38. Oh, my goodness. Are you going to pay that, Carrie Poppy? Oh, no. That's very so pocket sort of like my birthday party, except in real life, everyone did pay me for their $10 slot to go to Game House Cafe. That was really fun. I went back with friends afterwards. I know afterward. you did. Yeah. You played the Left Behind board game. <laughs> yes. But anyway, it was $10 for everybody, but everyone actually gave me their $10. But in your version of the universe, no one gives me their $10? Well, that's a 10. Oh, my God. But not the 10 you wanted. I will give this... Mm, See, this is tough. For us, it's like a one. We paid $10 each to be friends of the Ethereum Society. Yes. You can give donations, but they don't pressure you for them at all. You can buy things in their bookshop that are like a little pricey, but not bad. But if you went for a long time, I get the impression the pressure goes up. Okay. And there's a lot of doodads to buy. Uh, accoutrement. Yes, accoutrement. Uh, so I'm not sure. I, but for me, for my personal experience, I'd say one, one and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would also place them incredibly low on the scale. I'll say two. We paid the $10 for yes. the uh, Friends of the Ethereum Society memberships. And I think I paid, I want to say, $20 for a subscription to the Cosmic Voice. Which I'm, you are showing me now. It yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, we've got a picture on the front of uh, Sir George King or Dr. George King or just George King <laughs> with his arms kind of, uh, one is up and away from this battery and the other is forward, channeling energy into the battery, I would presume, and is kind of like a perpendicular L shape he's mm-hmm. making. Um, we'll take a picture, which you can see at facebook.com forward slash on rack. Speaking of Facebook, we were both unfriended by the Etheria Society. They were sent we us, friended before? Well, we'd paid $10 to be friends. Oh, I see. <laughs> and I thought they, you meant we were friended on Facebook with And them. so after sending us uh, the email, Peter told us, oh, we're going to send you back your membership dues. Right. Uh, and you are no longer friends of the Ethereum right. Society. And we said that's not necessary, but they did it. And they so did. I said, okay, we'll yep. cash the check. Yep, same here. So anyways, I would give them a very low scale. We talked in the first episode about some of the tapes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that was one of the things that Peter said he wanted to clear the air on uh-huh. and so we may have way overestimated that so i'm just gonna say very cheap what we did we gave little donations here and there they have a donation bucket but there's no pressure mm-hmm. or anything like that yeah so then ross yes. what was your favorite moment of the entire theories experience Boy. the ethereans probably my most enjoyable moment was when we were on top of the mountain making that symbol Oh, yeah, the crescent and the arrow. Yeah, the crescent and right the triangle right behind it. I've got to say, you know, the, the voices all in unison, repeating the mantra over and over. It sounded really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, wow. This, yeah, it was just a cool feeling to be in, in the middle of all that. Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed that moment. So I'll right. say that was my favorite. How yeah, about that you? That was pretty great. Uh, that's one of mine, too. Um, another smaller moment that comes to mind is that we mentioned the Tibetan singing bowl that one of the fellows had brought. Yes. And people were so excited about it. They were asking sort of what what magical properties it had, basically. Can you put water in it and will it purify the water? Oh, yeah, sure. Of course it'll do that. Huh. Um, could you put something in it and will it levitate? Oh, sure. It'll do that, too. And, <laughs> and so people are just sort of throwing these ideas at them and everyone's just like, sure, it'll do that. Yeah, and it'll do that. And it'll do that. But, it's, you know, it's just this copper bowl. And then he said, what would be really great is to take a bunch of crystals from the earth and put it in the bowl and cover that with water and then drink the water. I remember that. like everyone but you and me was like, oh, sounds delicious. But like at the same moment, we both went, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just this symphony of, oh. oh." Oh. (laughs) Because it would be just dirty water. Yeah. (laughs) But it was delightful. And he was very sweet, the guy who had the bowl. He was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for our show. And we'll look forward to presenting soon our interview with Peter and Felix. Whose names you may know then. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's up to them. Our producer is Ian Kramer. And our 
Our theme music is written by Brian Keith Dalton. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash onrack. Or at our homepage at maximumfun.org. Also, you might want to review us on iTunes. Oh, please do, you guys. Review us on iTunes. Makes it us helps feel us great. out so much. Yep, yep. And it's a good way to support us if you can't afford to donate. But let's say you can. Maybe you can. Maybe you have a dollar to give every month. Wow. Oh, well, then you would want to go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And then be sure to select Ono, Ross, and Carrie as your favorite show. That makes sure the funds go to us. Yeah. But please, dear God, remember... Oh, mighty Father of all creation, let your light glow through this world now. Let it shine into the hearts and minds of men now, so that all may look within and see the glory of thine everlasting being. O Spirit of spirits, let your love flow through the hearts and minds of man now, so that he may look within and see the great and wondrous glory of his divine heritage. everybody, I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every Tuesday we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine, a show about all the dumb, weird, terrible ways that we've tried to fix each other over the years. You know, some light summer listening. Maybe you want to hear about yogurt enemas, or why we tried to eat mummies for a while, or why drinking cholera diarrhea sounded like a good idea. That and so much more is waiting for you every Tuesday right here on the Maximum Fun Network with Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.